I am Laura McCowan, and I am Holly Whitaker, and this is Home Podcast. And so it would begin, girl. Hey, I'm nervous. I don't know why I got butterflies in my stomach. I've had them. Yeah, me too. For two weeks. Uh, this is new. I don't think I've had them until like the last. I um, came home from, I got off my, I got home on Friday because this is Sunday and then I took a taxi cab home and um, got in bed and was like so looking forward to taking a nap and then I just was like, oh my God. And um, mm. and it's kind of been that way since. Nothing's making it go away. Well, you felt like that nerve, you felt a nervous feeling when you were here, but you knew what it, why I think. This you feel Did like I? you don't know why. Oh no, this is that was like a heart feeling. That was like um that was heart stuff. This is stomach stuff. This is gut like mm. nerves. Just um like something you know, when I was I think when I was going to bed one night at your place, I was yeah, it was because I had just watched like Glennon gave this Facebook cast and all of a sudden I had that sense of cold fear. And um, I hadn't had it in a long time, but that sense of um, it's not even groundlessness. It's just that that thought of um, who are we kidding or what are we doing or who, who's in charge or, or you know what I mean? Like just <laughs> yes, a sense of being cast out into a bottomless pit or something like that. Um and I just had I do get it. Yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna talk about that, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> this show is about the bottomless pit. No, it's about honestly, it's I think it's really like you and I have talked about this. You and I were texting a week or so ago, and you and I both said something to the fact that we're just remaining curious. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just one of those elephants in the room. This affects everyone in the world um, to some degree. What does, what are we, Uh, what are we? Well, we're talking about the election. We're talking about Thanksgiving, which is, you know, kind of a double whammy, but we're talking about the election and not the political aspect of the election, but kind of about this ensuing PTSD that that's happening um, and that I know I feel for various reasons. And so we're not getting into the politics. Um, I hope we don't really mention Trump once. Um, I think what I really care about talking is um, about the groundlessness that's um, just uh, or and the reaction and the division and all of the stuff that's kind of sw- yeah. swollen up around us in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah. That's yeah, what I'm that's- talking about. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, I told you I've I have no interest in talking about politics. Um, but I and I honestly, you know, I I didn't I don't even really I didn't even want to do this. Um mostly because I myself feel pretty raw uh today. But I but I want to do it because I know that it's important and to acknowledge, you know, what's been going on. A lot of our people are the listeners and our friends even have asked us to do a follow uh, you know election post-election sort of special and 
we finally realized that, yeah, let's just have a conversation about it and really just talk about what's going on with us and what we've been noticing and what we have been doing um, since then, what right. we plan to do, right? Yeah, and I think it's just important to kind of, I think I just want to hear how you, how you, how it affected you. And um, I th- what we're going to do is just probably each talk about our experiences and how we've been the last couple of weeks. And then we're mm-hmm. each going to talk about things that we're doing actively in our lives um, in this very, um, um, in this time, <laughs> this time, <laughs> <laughs> this time. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, I kind of want both. Um, how about we talk simultaneously? Yeah. Okay. That'll be great. Okay. Um, I think I'm, do you mind if I go first? I kind of feel mm-hmm. like I need to throw it up. Okay. Um, yeah, I wasn't super into, um, following the whole thing. I watched a couple of the earlier debates, um, not the presidential debates, but the actual like Republican party debates and, Mm-hmm. I was with my mom and I just was like um, explaining to her that it doesn't matter. Nobody up there is actually talking about what's really going on and nothing is going to change what I see in my real life every day. Um, and there was a part of me that's just a little, um, how do I say it? There's a part of me that's a little... Um, there's a dark side of me. <laughs> There's a part of me that has been for a while watching the world fall apart very slowly, um, as any awake individual does. I just don't think mm-hmm. you can live in this world and breathe in this world once you've kind of broken a- open a-, a bit and mm-hmm. not see how it all ties together. You just can't. And I just have for too long lived in a society where I see people lying on the streets. It's a big thing. And it's something I've talked about many times before. I see people lying on the streets and I see us walking by them. And Mm -hmm. I just see in my mind a picture of a, of a high heel standing on someone's throat is just what I see. It's a, it's like a, it's a very vivid picture that I have in my mind that we have a very messed up society and a very sick, a profoundly sick society. Um, and that it is going to take sacrifice on every single level, a personal sacrifice on every single level of our existence in order to change that. People have to feel pain in order to, um, in order to change. And so I just, I also believe, by the way, just to kind of put the, the positive spin on this, that it has to fall apart in order for it to come back together. Um, and that we, that we have to break up this sick society that really, that does just, I mean, where, that just, where our weak, our most weak and our most vulnerable and our sickest are, are just cast aside. Um, and we walk by them, you know, blindly, um, in their suffering. Um, and so I just, I believe that we 
have to, that this has to break. Um, and I do believe, I, I believe, you know, I'm, I'm a Kundalini teacher and, um, you know, in Kundalini training, we're taught about the Aquarian age and the moving from Piscean to Aquarian. And also, you know, this aligns with this whole Mayan calendar and like all of this, like prophetic, like around this time, we're supposed to make, there's this big shift that moves from the masculine to the feminine. Um, and that mm-hmm. this, this huge, huge shift that's, that's supposed to happen. And I do see this happening and it's going to be painful as it happens. But in my heart and maybe not my lifetime, but in my heart, I do know that what will prevail and what has to prevail is love. Um, this is like, it's such a like a Pollyanna-ish thing to some people. And it probably, you know, I'm sure to some of you, it come off as ludicrous, but I do believe in, you know, my heart of hearts, I do see us. Um, I do see us, uh, the, like I do see love prevailing. I do believe that. I do believe that we will have a much different society. Our, you know, maybe our children, maybe our grandchildren will see a much different society um, because they won't tolerate the things that we've tolerated in our lifetimes. Um, and that this is just the beginning. This is just the, this is just the breaking of the straw and the breaking of the facade. Um, but I just, coming back to it, when I saw Trump won, it still didn't, like even having those thoughts um, didn't prepare me for the actual reality of of what would happen when society starts to break, which is what I feel has happened, um, like in a much um, more profound way than I anticipated. It has affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. always knew I would see major shift and change and dysfunction in my lifetime. I always knew I would. Um, I And especially in the last few years, I felt that this is my work, which is preparing myself and, and our brothers and sisters that are struggling in addiction to become teachers and to become people mm-hmm. that, are sta- that will stand up. But it did not prepare me to feel what I felt in the last two weeks. Um, which has been, um, oh God, I can't even explain it. Um, it feels like I got thrown up against a wall and smeared and, and everything's mixed together. I was not expecting to say all this, by the way, um, which is why I wanted to do this. Um, I feel like all of it has been mixed together and that um, it's hard to pull the threads of truth together. And um, it feels urgent, but it also feels very slow motion. And it feels Mm -hmm. like, um, I mean, just even just reading on how some very weird things and awful things have happened in history and, and identifying what's happening right now in front of my eyes with things that I read in history books that I thought could never happen, um, Mm -hmm. is very startling and, um, and just trying to maintain, I think this maintain my focus on what's important to me, which is our work in addiction, um, trying to maintain the, um, belief that love is, is the answer. Um, trying to remain in a place where I'm not passive. I'm active, trying not to jump to conclusions, trying, to hear it you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. it's like all the colors are being mixed together um very quickly and my body is um like my body is feeling something different than what my mind is feeling and um then what what's my your soul, body feeling my body feels paralyzed fucking paralyzed I am sleeping a lot um I have like lost my motivation um I feel like I I do I feel like I was hit by a truck um it's hard to it doesn't feel pointless but it's like um it's like it's 
it's not like okay. It's sick. It feels sick. It feels like it's, it's just, you said yesterday, like something about eating pain. It feels like it ate all the pain and it's just like ugh, constipated or something. It's just sick. Um, and my mind feels very inquisitive and curious and slow. And my heart actually feels, um, open, um, not closed and open. Um, and, um, my spirit, I don't know where it is. It's like, I don't know. It's somewhere else. So that's how I feel. That's Does a good that way of up? describing it. Yeah. The, the sort of different places where different parts of you are is a good, is a good way to describe it. <sighs> but it feels like a fart noise. It all does right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> feels like a fart noise. That's excellent. So yeah, that's where uh, I'm at. And that's me. And um, thank you for letting me speak. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, so, so I feel I have... So I did follow it, um, follow this election more closely than I have maybe others, um, which is to say, okay, I can't start this without saying, you know, some of my background in terms of politics and my, my family. So I grew up in a family with a father who listened to Rush Limbaugh um, in the, on the car radio, and I just... Yeah, I grew up in Colorado. I, and I just like took it for the truth. Um, all of that. I mean, I even wrote papers. I think I wrote a post recently talking about like I wrote papers about how abstinence was the only real form of um, of birth control. And I had a lot of beliefs that were semi-racist. I wouldn't have ever admitted that. Um, but I grew up in a white, white, white town with like there were like three black people and they were all uh on the football team and I just you know I grew up in this in this bubble and you know I had my mom I don't know what she thought um I think she kind of stayed out of it um and I was you know this is important to me because I have since obviously become my own person and have moved off, but a lot of the, and moved away, like physically away from my family. And it wasn't until I, you know, in my thirties where I kind of had a psychic break from my dad that I started to separate my own beliefs from his. I mean, truly um, it was like a, a really big deal for me to say I don't believe the things that you believe I would say it in jest like to my brother but I still wanted to take his word for the truth and I I did not separate my own thoughts from his my own beliefs from his really truly didn't um and my own worth from his idea of worth uh, about me and that as you know, is a really dangerous place to live. Um, and I would say it wasn't until, yeah, until I had my own child and then, you know, certainly through the process of getting sober is where I really found my own footing and really started to understand what I believe. And that's been two years, <laughs> you know, two years. Meanwhile, I live in Massachusetts. I've lived here for 15 years. This is a blue, blue, blue state. I have 
I have sort of uh, absorbed the ideas of um, the Democratic Party and more liberal. I've always been, I think, um, socially very liberal, but I kind of just checked out of politics and the discussion of politics for a long time because I didn't want to deal with it. And I was always told when I would ask questions, I would, you know, when my dad would like say these statements and I would be expected to react in some way. And I would say anything that would go against his rhetoric. I would be told how stupid I was and that I didn't understand the world as it was. And so I didn't engage in political conversations. Um, and I always thought of myself as like, I understand the personal internal world of an individual and individuals, uh, myself and the people close to me. I understand personal revolutions, but I could not deal in the big masses in terms of politics or socioeconomics. I, I wasn't aware enough to have those conversations and I wasn't educated enough to have those conversations. So coming up to this election, you know, I have really changed, um, not just because of the, the election itself, just me, I personally, I've changed and I would completely consider myself a feminist. Um, I would, I am so much more aware of what's going on in the world. I still live in a predominantly white um, place. I don't have black friends. I have lots of gay and lesbian friends. I don't outwardly have, you know, I don't have racist thoughts, but I also don't live in a place like you do in downtown LA where I see, I just don't see it, you know, and i that has started to become something that I'm even aware of. Okay. So there's that. I know this is a long history, but I don't, I can't explain it without. No, just keep talking. That. Don't apologize. So all this is like coming into play, right? As this is sort of unfolding. And to me, um, Trump becoming uh, the guy I was dating for a long time. Um, was talked about politics a lot and he was really helpful to me because I could just ask him the stupid questions that I always wanted to be able to ask my dad and he would just tell me like a you know kind person would do tell me what he thought without imposing you know his belief on me beliefs on me and that was really helpful so I remember a year ago he was saying you know Trump has like a real shot at this and it was so preposterous to me and then um as it started to get closer, it just got even more preposterous. And then all the things he was saying and, um, you know, just becoming more and more and more aware. Meanwhile, um, this is a state where, I mean, I think I saw one Trump sign hanging from a house, um, but by and large, like Hillary won over here. So I'm in a, this bubble thinking that there's just no possibility that she's going to lose. And <clears throat> I'll drop the politics talk there, but the the as it happened, I felt like this. Um, I could tell that it was he was going to win when the the like watching it on TV, you could see the shock in um, all of the media, you know, media's face. Like they were truly shocked, and I could feel the slide happening. Not just you know, I could feel like the energetic slide happening, and I could tell that this this was an an event. This is like an event. Like, um, 
like a 9-11 or uh, a big weather event that was going to really change everything. And um, it felt, it has felt like that since. It has felt like the world is a bit of a different place. Um, there's a eerie quiet um, and also a hysteria at the same time. Uh, and I too am, com- I don't know what I feel about it all. Um, from an intellectual level, I really don't know what I feel. Um, I have gone, I'm, I've gone all over the map. You know, my feelings at first where I got really angry, I got like completely indignant, um, you know, just disbelief, like, how is this happening? How is this happening? And then I, and then I got to that really sort of (laughs) calm place that you can get to when tragedy, like, uh, I'm actually, like we've talked about, I'm super comfortable when things, when shit really goes crazy. There's this eerie calm that I feel inside and um, I know what to do. I have so that same I started, thing. Mm-hmm. So I start. I started to feel that and tap into that, and that has sort of stayed. It's come and gone a little bit, but it's sort of stayed. And it's not that I know exactly what to do. I just, I am not losing my head, um, if that makes sense. It does. And I have become very, very, very curious about why this happened what it means um, and why people voted for Trump that I, why people voted for Trump. I want to know like in a, in an honest way. Um, I really want to know and to really understand the collective psyche um, and the sort of how disenfranchised people must be with our current system to that. This is possible that, that, um, that this is possible. <laughs> I yeah. really want to understand. So yeah. that's that's where I am. I, from an emotional standpoint, I feel um, everything at once, mm. really everything at once, uh, which isn't too different from how I feel all the time, but it's ratcheted up, you know, several notches. Um and from a soul perspective and a spirit perspective, I have been very clear in terms of where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And that is to focus on the, the life that's right in front of me. Um, and I assume we're going to talk about like what it is we're doing, but I've been very, I've had, have had a clarity about the work that I'm doing and I don't just mean the work of doing this and the work of my you know my writing and the work of my teaching but the work that I'm doing in my home with my daughter um the work that I'm doing in my family the work just that my my sort of place in the world I have this really um strange eerie feeling as I'm going about my days and seeing people (laughs) and having these really profound reactions to them. Like you saw me when you were here. I have a lot of like anger and rage that's bubbling up. And I like let you see it, you know, because it's, I'm not like putting it out on other people, but it's, it's like a rawness. Um, and, but I also feel like 
I know I'm supposed to hold my seat. And I feel really clear about that. And also like, what do you mean hold your seat? Like, like I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going off. My emotions are kind of out there, but I'm holding my ground. I am going to continue to, and sometimes truly all that's meant is I sit here with the rock in my hand (laughs) and I breathe Mm -hmm. and I send love out to Mm -hmm. everybody I can. Um, I went to, uh, to Austin and I went to San Antonio and I sat in the room where my grandmother died two years ago where I sat with her and I sat and I just had no intention other than to sit there and be. And I had this really um, a crazy visualization of all these women walking into the room and sitting around with me and with my grandmother. Things like that, you know. Um, I wouldn't, like, I'm at the place where I am. I'm not organized yet. I'm not mm-hmm. out there taking action mm-hmm. of any any, you know, um, any way that could be, that I could list on a, you know, I can't, I don't have a list here of the the organizations that I'm going to be, you know, volunteering for or anything like that. I just have, um, a quietness and a, I'm holding my seat. Mm -hmm. But it is a lot. It is a lot. And I, I want to recognize that, that um, I've had a lot of people in my family and um, my family uh, laugh about the sort of, you know, that people are, are upset by this and boo-hoo and um, that this isn't really a big deal. And I have for the first time said, mm, you know, it's like Louis C.K. says, if someone tells you you've hurt them, you can't tell them. You don't have the right to tell them they haven't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's where I am. And for me, you know, I, I say all the backstory because it is very new for me to sit in this and not shrink. And it's very new for me to even hold this ground that I've been holding um, with my own thoughts. And I'm embarrassed to say that. I mean, a lot of the stuff Why? I am saying, I'm I'm embarrassed to say because I don't, you know, I, I don't think of myself as a small-minded person or, stu- you know, or ignorant or whatever. I feel apologetic that I'm so white. <laughs> I feel mm. apologetic that I don't didn't know, you know. But I, at the same time, I'm not I'm not saying that for any for you or anyone else to say no. It's not your fault. Um, I know that, but I. I want to like tell the truth about it and say exactly where I am and where I came from. I think that's fair, but I want to say one thing, which is I think that's the thing that keeps a lot of people from actually, um, I'm not going to correct you and say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Um, But what I do want to say on that is that's how everyone starts, right? Like this is like, that's the place that all of us start from when we start in anything. We don't know what Mm -hmm. we don't know. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
we can talk a little bit more about that. But um, it was really beautiful. I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and it was for it was a it was a week ago, and it was was it a week ago? Whatever, doesn't matter. Week ago, uh, white people for black lives. It's a it's a group of white people that <laughs> get together <laughs> to um, to basically um, work on social justice issues, and primarily they are um, you know working uh, for Black Lives Matter, but also working on all sorts of different initiatives like banning um, banning uh, randomized searches in elementary schools or um, working to stop uh, the building of a brand new prison. Um, anyway, but it was just great because you're in this room and you know you're like with these lifelong activists. And one mm-hmm. of the things that they said was um, like, you don't, there's no st- stupid things here. We're not going to shame you for anything that you say ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how, you know, that's exactly what Glennon said in that last recording when we were like, where do we start? And she was like, you have to be willing to be stupid. You have to be willing to say the wrong thing. Um, so you can learn right. how to say the right thing. Um, and I think that's so important because I mean, a couple weeks ago I was at lunch with one of my friends who's black and I started to tell her, <laughs> I said, well, you know that like the drug war was started because of, it was like, you know, it had racist, beginnings and she was like I know and I was like so you know about Billie Holiday and I was just sitting there and I was like um she's like yeah we're taught these things <laughs> like we know these things Jesus. and yeah. um and she was so but like I said something so dumb I'm trying to school my black friend on racism and the drug war and she's so kind and says I we know that like it's a, and it also like she never for one second made me feel stupid um right. and so it's like being willing to be dumb about about this stuff because we all are um we all are we're all stupid about this stuff every single one of us because like if we weren't then we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in and so mm-hmm. it's a matter of just being able to say dumb things and possibly offend people with the ability to check our egos and self-correct um when we hear totally we're wrong yeah. yeah 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 uh yes and i love that you said that it's it is true. I mean, I'm willing to suck. I'm willing to totally suck. But, you know, part of the reason I shared the history is because she, before me, uh, you know, anytime growing up, me being stupid was equal to about something was equal to being like annihilated. <laughs> I know, so right. Being oh, willing to say I'm dumb about this um, when maybe I'm not, you know, maybe I'm not is is a hard leap, but that's fine. I can get over it. I got over it. I'm yeah. over it. Well, I'm right there. So with what you. are you I know. What are you um what are you what are you doing <clears throat> for yourself and for I whatever started what, all, what are you doing? Three nonprofit organizations in the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew it. I've been in seven marches. And no, um, I'm going, I have a list of things. Do you want to go back and forth? Mm-hmm. I have seven things that I'm doing. Okay. I have a less organized list, but I still have a list. Well, why don't you just say your list? Okay. I'm going slow. That's my number. It's I actually even marked zero. I'm going so slow. Um, I'm like a sloth. And that means that I am 
chilling. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm not acting. It doesn't mean I'm not processing. It doesn't mean anything. It just means I'm taking my own goddamn sweet time to figure out what I need to figure out and to figure and to be with me and to be in this world and to not bug out and freak out and react, do all sorts of things. So I'm going slow, which means um, I am tuning out when I get too many text messages from my mother and sister um, who've been, who are both, God bless them, like so active right now. Like they are, they are, you know, on it. I, they've sent me like, mm-hmm. you know, 10 positions. Um, I am, I'm not reading Facebook at all, though I might post something from time to time. I'm like, here, (laughs) here's my opinion, but I'm not going on Facebook. Um, I'm reading a lot of articles. Oh, no, this, hold on. I'm getting off track. I'm getting off track. Anyway, bottom line is I'm going super, super slow. I have not formed an opinion about anything. Um, I um, bought a book on fascism um, because you Mm. were looking it up. And then I said, um, after the Irish guy, God bless that Irish guy. Um, and I was like, I, you know, and I know a little bit about it just from Italian, from studying Italian history, like from studying Italian right. art history and modernism. Um, I know a right. little bit about Mussolini, but then I was like, I want to know everything about it. Um, yeah. I'm just like, I'm going super slow here and I am mm-hmm. not jumping to any conclusions about what any of this means, though you better believe I am, I am trying my fucking damnedest to form an opinion so going slow and also just um this is still just one point um i am taking such good self-care um i took two days off with you we ate some really shitty food um we got massages i got my cards read by a dude named doug um you know like we just like i've been chilling and like i stayed in a hotel for the first time um that I paid for in New York. In New York. <laughs> fucking it's not fantastic. your first trip to stay in a hotel ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, though you I guys did, thought I was sheltered. I did RV a lot when I was little. Um, no, but I just, yeah, self-care is, is like big time self-care um, and, um, and going slow. That's my, that's my like first. What's yours? It's your number I one. It. Um. I love going slow. I I put um, doing my homework, which is a you know part a piece of what you said. I am also going back to the most basic concepts that I had assumptions about, and really understanding them, like asking the dumb questions. Um, and asking them of people who I trust and who are really informed and um, buying books as well. Like I had a uh, two-hour discussion with a friend who is a, in a PhD program for this type of stuff uh, about fascism and imperialism and communism and all sorts of other forms of government and ideas and things that I um, just really don't know about. I know like anecdotal history, you know, Uh, really understanding and asking and being open to being a student, (laughs) like in the most basic sense. I'm really treating it honestly like... um, I'm relating it to sobriety. Like I fucking sucked at sobriety. I sucked at it so hard. 
Um, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to stay sober for 24 hours. So I fucking figured it out. And I had to um, swallow all my assumptions about how to do things and take in all the information I possibly could while um, being really easy on myself until I could figure it out. Uh, for myself, not aligning to myself to some ideal that I want to believe or that I think is popular or that I think is cool or that certain celebrities or writers or artists align with what I think is true for me. Um, and that, I mean, is that goes for fucking everything. It goes for um, what I think about the political aspects, but also, you know, what I think about feminism. What is feminism? What I think about, <laughs> I mean, you name it. Like, uh, I'm I'm also going very slow, like you said. I, I am um, taking it in when I can. I'm really practicing boundaries with people um, and their opinions. And I have stayed off Facebook myself too i skim right past any sort of rant i'm going to the teachers who i admire um and respect and feel safe with in terms of the energy that's coming from their teachings um yeah that's what i have that's what i'm doing i love it for number one mm. What's what's your two? Number two is very similar to yours. It's staying curious and listening. Um, and I'll track this back to the summer when um, we started to really get hit with the media. Um, or maybe it was just started paying attention. Um, I was in Rome mm-hmm. and a lot of black men were dying at the hands of police officers. And then mm-hmm. police officers died at the hands of black man, black men. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it from Rome and I started to feel this urgency, like the world was falling apart while I was gone. Um, and my sister started to send me articles, um, and I hated them at first. They were written by, by black people and they were, um, from everything I've researched, like from in everything, from my extensive, um, black American studies, um, you know, my three books that I read, um, I was like at first very much like this is preaching tolerance and hate for white people. And um, I uh, couldn't read some of them. Um, and I just kept on saying, falling back on good old Martin Luther King and saying, no, 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 no this isn't the way. The way through is love. And I I um, didn't want to read the stuff at first. And my sister kept on sending it to me and just saying, we need to check what we we need to check ourselves like you have in your mind an idea of what racism is but but maybe you don't know everything and maybe you mm-hmm. can hear some things and so i started to read really painful 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 pieces written your phone's buzzing by the way is it oh like vibrate yeah it's my reminder was something about love um but really painful painful pieces that really made me feel um under attacked and and like it Mm. was um what do they reverse racism or i don't know um and so i started to read things that were really hard to read and i continued to read them until it didn't make me feel defensive and angry um, or think that I know how other people should feel. And that's the key point in this. 
which mm-hmm. is that to listen means to put aside our assumptions um, about how other people should feel or to, to discount what other people are saying because it doesn't align with what we believe the truth to be. And that's a right. really big one and that's a really hard one, um, especially for someone like me. But I will tell you that it's been the thing that served me the most. She sent me this thing today, and it was called Dear White Liberal Feminists. And I posted it on my regular Facebook page. Um, And then I sent it to one of my friends, White, um, whose opinion I trust so much. And her first reaction was the same as mine, which was she said, I can't even fucking read this. Um, I like, And she's like, okay, I'm going to go back to reading it, but it's making me so mad. Like, that's not my white experience. And then mm-hmm. I, and then she went back to reading it and she said, and she was even angrier and said, I'm, this is reverse racism, same thing I said. And, um, and then I said, like, and I, I just said, I hear you. I totally get it. And, um, also, like, this was a really, I would say for me, like a decent moment because it didn't make me feel that way. Um, because, I had kept on allowing myself, making myself listen and not believe that I already knew everything or that how other people yeah. feel or that just because I see it one way means that it is that way. And so I guess what I'm saying is that there's a lot of stuff that's floating around out there that can make our blood boil. Like depend, it doesn't matter oh, where we so stand much. or or what we it does. It, it doesn't matter what we think or feel or know there's something out there that's going to piss us the fuck off right now. And so for me, it's a matter of reading things that align and things that don't align and things that make sense and things that don't make sense. And instead of just having a knee jerk reaction, because it makes me feel bad for being white or bad for being something, I don't know. I'm actually just listening and forming an opinion based upon what I hear, meaning when I want to know that just like you, why half of our country and why 50% of college educated people, why Mm -hmm. we voted for Trump. And I Mm want to know the reasons why, because if, if we understand why, then we can start to bridge, right? If we can understand other people's pain, if we can truly hear other people's pain and other people's stories and other people's beliefs, um, that means that we can start to move forward. But it's just this knee-jerk reaction of rejecting something that makes us feel unsafe or bothered or wrong or, you know, it's just, this just continues this divisiveness. So for me, it's right now that I'm staying curious and I'm open to reading things that might piss me off um, and just, and getting curious about why I get pissed off about it. Um, Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I do not have friends that live in the Midwest. I do not have friends that are, you know, have been out of work for seven years. I do not have friends that are living below the poverty line. I do not have friends that, um, you know, come from a family that, you know, that has a Confederate flag. I do not have black friends. I do not have, you know, I don't know. And so I'm trying to learn um, so that I can move forward from a place um, that that takes into account not just what 
feels good for me. Um, but that might right. help us to come together uh, from a very divided place. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and the second one is um, doing my work, really remembering um, what it is that I, that calls to me. I, I put out there, uh, I think it was last week, that a lot of people, both people in my life and uh, more so people in my life, um, but some people just, they read my stuff or whatever, uh, saying they hope I would get off of talking so much about addiction. Like, don't you just want to kind of get move on from that? You could talk about so many other things. Um, and no, you know, I, I wrote, I, I think about the women all the time. I think about the women who are on their day one, you know, I think about the women that were in my class yesterday, the 20 some women who showed up and the few who were crying, um, on their mat for two hours and who talked to me afterwards. And I I think about that, you know, and that's where um, I think about where I can be and hold space and not trying to, um, because I think it's, for whatever reason, take on a different cause or pivot or, you know, because I, I wasn't even doing this to take on a cause to begin with, truly. Mm. Do it, I started doing it to save my own fucking life. <laughs> and I, you know, it's not this altruistic thing where I'm like, I'm going to save people. You know, no, I just, I'm interested in going into this place that I know about. I know the pain of it because I lived it and I am willing to sit with other people and meet them there. And I want to. And I can. You know, I can. Um, so remembering sort of what my work is right now and not feeling like it's not enough to, to do that work. Um, not feeling like it's not enough if I am just sitting with my daughter watching a movie. I should be reading something or whatever, you know, allowing myself to, to look at my own world, my own beautiful world and broken world and um, and remember it and connect with it, you know, like read an email and really read the words that someone is saying to me. Someone who had the guts to write me in the middle of the night and they're, you know, they just got caught by their husband for their pill addiction and not just, you know, to take in those words. Um, so yeah, it's focusing on my on my work. Well said. Yeah. Which, well, you and I you said a while ago, I mean, nobody stays in this space. I mean, people kind of march through it and then on to something else. And I think that that's... Exactly. Um, I think that that's a pledge. And I... Um, <laughs> and anybody ever says yeah. that to you again, you can send them to me. Um, 
No. Are you ever going to get tired of talking about addiction? No. Fuck no. Mm-mm. I mean, this Mm-mm. is, that is the, that is the work. It's not even like you're not doing the other work, Laura. It's like you're doing the work, like you're doing the work. Um, I know. It's just, I got to feeling like, oh my God, I'm not, I can't, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Or I, I should be, I should be, I should be, you know, um, which yeah. I would have felt like if I was, at my old job, I would have felt like no matter what I was doing. Um, but it's not true. It's not mm. true. No, it's not. It's not true at all. Um, okay. Um, here's the other thing I'm doing. Um, gathering. Um, I am a bit of a loner, um, an introvert, an isolationist. <laughs> um, and I think one of the important things that we can do at this time is actually be with other people. Um, and so for me, that means um, I am trying to um, create more friendships in my community. I'm trying to um, go to places where people are that might... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. This is the best because I totally go to the places where the, the people, people are. are. <laughs> I know, but it's true. I'm going so to the places true. where it's the so people true. are, and um, I'm hanging out with them, even though it's actually a very uncomfortable thing for me. I'm hosting women at my apartment, and I'm doing it. Tw- I'm gonna do it a second time, um, and I'm taking a friend to Thanksgiving, um, and I'm going out to dinner tonight. You know, I, but I'm doing this because there's something that somebody said that's really important which is when we think about our power being taken away from us or we think about living in a society where we might be you know this is what you know people feel real threat about like and this has been an existent threat this isn't brand new but this is where a lot of privileged people all of a sudden are really starting to see this idea where they might not live in a free society and so this mm-hmm. idea that we can have our power stripped away from us um is something that I think can be counteracted. This woman uh, at a meeting the other day said, um, I'm making, you know what I'm doing? I'm making eye contact with people that are in my neighborhood. And I'm saying hi to them and I'm asking them what their name is. And then I'm trying, I'm basically trying to, from the ground up, create a community um, and a support system. So I know who my people are. Because guess what? Mm-hmm. If stuff does happen and we don't know who our people are, that's when we're fucked. That's when it's like, holy shit, I don't have a community. I don't know who my neighbor is or what he thinks or, you know, what his you know, dog's name is or any of that crap. And so I like for me, this is a big point because it's something that I tend to not want to do. Um, and it's also something that to be honest, is one of the best ways that we can make ourselves feel not only, you know, connected, but safe when we know who the people are that are, that live around yeah. us and creating yeah. community with those people. And so I like stopped at the concierge desk the other day. I'm like, I mean, this is, you know, and I gave the guy, I had a LaCroix, <laughs> a six pack of LaCroix and I gave him a fizzy water. Um, and we talked and I asked him his name and I'm just doing little stuff like that to kind of be like, yo, I'm here. Hi, I'm here hi yeah if um, i so no I, it's a i i love that you're saying this because it's it is a really big deal for me too it's a really big deal and it's very different <laughs> for you, me. i have a quote from you hold on i want to find it one second did you write it down guys she wrote a quote down that i wrote about isolating what do you guys think it's gonna be 
Adam, don't you okay. dare cut this I out. I wrote it down when I was reading a book, uh, when I was reading the other night and I was in your living room and you're on your way out the door and you said, uh, I don't feel like seeing people, but I never do. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. But I, I was so like, true, it's man. true. Me too. So true. I never do. Um, and people I'm so, wear me out. I never thought that's who I was. I never <laughs> thought that's who I was, but it is who I am, oh, really. Yeah. People are it's tough. Like, wow. <sighs> so uh, it so is. I totally get that. And yeah. I have tried this. I'm doing the same things in small ways, like just not imagining that I live on this little island, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have to be connected to other parents. Um, so that I can plan things for my daughter so she's not isolated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I started to look at that, like, not just as a transaction, but, like, actually maybe that these people, I could like them or they could be, you know, that I could have relationships with some people. And I, I love that, that you just said thing. that you. it's not like a transaction because that's how I look at it. I do. I look like I'm, like, racking up points. Um, when I do one of these things. And I love that you said that as that there's actually more to it than just, you know, earning our yeah. badge. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Wow. Um, and it's, I mean, today I haven't seen another human. I have not left the house. I don't want to, I probably won't. Um, and I need these days, but I, but I have to be really careful with it too. Yeah. I do. Cause Me I too. can live like that. Me too. Quite easily. Sometimes I'm on fine, my friends. My family can watch me. And sometimes I forget that they can see me. And I'm like, oh, my God, they know that I've been in my apartment for 48 hours. <laughs> like, shit. <laughs> That's awesome. I remember when you had me on that in L.A. I was like, this is creepy. I never looked. I never look at I never look unless my mom is like driving. Um, anyway. OK, so gathering. That's what I'm doing is I'm actually gathering and Oh my God, somebody called me on the phone the other night and I answered, like, who wasn't you? Um, and <laughs> of course, yeah, I was going to say you answer very quickly. Yeah, because I can also say, like, I can also, I, I don't know, I'm never worried about hurting your feelings. Like, I don't talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus, there's never any backstory, you know what I mean? Like, we actually know mm-hmm. minute to minute what's going on with each other, so I never You're have to fill you in. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's so tiring. Oh. Ugh. All right. What's your next? All right. Um, this is a, uh, I wrote down, I'm keeping my eyes on my own paper. So while I'm also remaining very curious um, about all, all the all the topics that I want to absorb and, and other people's opinions and such, I am really, really, really working hard to keep my eyes on my own paper, meaning not invest myself so much in what other people are thinking, doing, saying, being. Um, and, and this applies, it's the, it's the work for me mostly with people that are really in my life, you know, watching my judgments, watching my need to control other people's process, um, watching my need to, impose my own beliefs on other people's lives and what they should be doing. And with some people, it's really easy to do. It's really, really easy to do. I don't think by and large, I'm 
um, quote unquote, a controlling person. But when I am, when I am um, very connected to somebody and I can be hurt by them, um, I start to get very particular about how they should be uh, and how they should behave and how they should be living. And I'm, I'm really trying to watch that. Yeah. And how it makes me sick and how it hurts me and how it hurts them. Um, yeah. Basically, I'm trying to not argue with reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that one. Yeah. It's really hard for me. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard for a lot of us. Like, it's, I mean, it's something hard for me um, as well. But also. Um, it's really specifically, I'll be more specific. It's to say, if you love me, you will do this. Yeah. It, and uh, to not have those, to not shut down when my expectations aren't being met. You know? Are you talking about family or are you talking about friends? I am talking about fam not so much family. I'm talking about friends and men. Okay. Men. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. Both current and past um just you know, I I can really easily dig into ways that you know, things that will hurt me. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really, you know, and that and it applies to everything. I mean, it applies to everything. I I, I really try to um maintain that in with people or you know, around us that are trying to get sober and and it's I can find it much more easily, especially with women. It's like I can I can see what's happening and I can remove myself and I can see how I have behaved that way and I can see the struggle and I can understand it and I can have all kinds of empathy. Um, but for people that are in my life, uh, it's it's very hard for me to do it. So, oh, I get it. What's your what's your next one? Um, well, it kind of goes to your point of doing the. It goes to doing the work that you're doing, and for me, it's it's all connected. Um, and I think just remembering that it's all connected. Um, and, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, poverty is connected to addiction, is connected to trauma, is connected to, um, is, is connected to uh, racism, is connected, you know what I mean? Like all of it is, it all boils down to, to, it all boils down. It all boils down to one root. And so all of these things that are happening around us are not isolated, right? You can't split off one thing from another. It, it all mm -hmm. goes together. It all has an effect. It's just like thinking, it's kind of like what Kelly Brogan said in our last, last podcast. It's a web. And when you tug at one string or one thread of the web, the whole web moves. Uh, right. And so... For me, when I tug at the thread through like, and this is kind of going to where I really hope people hear, um, all of us feel right now in this like kind of shell-shocked place of what do we do? And a lot of our people are in recovery. And a lot of our people mm -hmm. are still new in sobriety or just vulnerable or working through a lot of stuff. Um, and so it's kind of like, 
you know, when you pull this, when you pull this one thread here and, and you actually work on, you know, maybe how you are in the world or when you work on, you know, how, like how you were operating your own health, um, when you work on your recovery, you know, that's pulling at that same spider web. When you go mm-hmm. and you are, you know, for instance, like I'm going to a no DAPL march next or in a couple of weeks. When you go and you stand up for something you believe in that might not be connected to the election or connected to the political turmoil that specifically we feel right now, um, it still is pulling at this thread because you're standing up for something you believe in. Um, When you go and you are, let's say you go and you, um, you pass somebody on the street and you hand them a dollar um, and you look them in the eyes and you say, hello, um, that's mm-hmm. pulling on the same thread. It's pulling on the same web. And so I guess yes. the point of me writing or writing that point down is to say that all bit of good we do adds up. All, all a bit of good we do, whether we're working on ourselves, yeah. on healing ourselves, we're strong enough to go out and do something, whether it's standing up for something we believe in that seems to be, you know, like uh, disconnected, whether it is just saying hi, whether it's being kind to somebody, you never know. You being nice to your barista at Starbucks and being kind to them, maybe when they're not being kind to you, might send that person off into an entirely different day. It's like the butterfly effect. Yep. Your smile yep. and your kindness has the ability to affect so much. So I think it's just like the reason I wrote this down is because what you're doing, if you're doing it from your heart, it's enough and it is connected and it's still pulling at that same web. It does not have to be the most radical, audacious thing that you can possibly do, it all matters. You can't split one thing off from, from you can't split any part off. Um, it yeah. all adds up. It all matters. Um, and so, which is why, like, the work that you and I do, which really specifically focuses on addiction, is part of of this bigger picture which is exactly why some yoga teacher somewhere is part of this why you know somebody that just you know like you know goes to church once a week to squeeze somebody's hand or you know somebody that just you know spends an extra 20 minutes reading to their kids at night or whatever it is this is all adds up um at all it's all in service um and it all is connected so anyway no, no, I love that you said that. It's like um, we seem to be like laying tracks for each other for the next ones. My, my, <laughs> I wrote down personal revolution, um, keeping, keeping. Um, what I mean by that is, I said earlier, I am comfortable with the the personal revolution, like the re- revolutions inside of me. Um, and trusting that that matters a lot. Um, so doing the work to feed my body kind things, to do yoga, to drink water, to um, rest, to read beautiful things, to laugh, to watch funny people say funny things, to... Um, continue to allow myself to have this personal revolution that I have been having, you know, and trust that that matters and that I, I, it's a well that I can, that I, that I have to build up and continue to keep full 
so that I can do anything else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. It's yes. I mean, to write, you know, the writing, even if it's stuff no one ever sees to take great care with my house and to keep things clean and to mind my space, um, to put the crystal that you bought me in to cover it with a nice cloth. <laughs> a blue. It has to be a blue cloth. I, it is. Um, it's a blue t-shirt of Alma's actually. Um, so things like that, you know, to like treat every um, thing that's happening inside me as holy as well. Um, and to treat it with kindness so that I can be a container. That's right. Yeah. There's that, um, oh my God, it's a Howard Thurman quote, um, which is basically says, um, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Mm-hmm. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Yes, I love it. That was love, my, love, love. I know, that and that one. was my intention today when I when I was in yoga, you know, they have you set a, an intention sometimes and I was like, I want to feel alive, like that's it. Like it's just doing the things that make us feel like, like we are alive because if we're just zombies walking around in shells of a body, um, it's adding mm-hmm. nothing to it, nothing. Um, yeah, and f- my problem is not that I don't feel alive. I feel um, stupidly alive. Like I feel uh, electrified most of the time or raw or something, but it's more the quality of what I feel, um, the quality of my energy, you know. But at God, I love that quote. Like, I'm going to, I wrote it down, or at least a reminder. All right. Um, okay. Um, the last thing I was going to say is just um, I was reading, I'm starting to read The Dark Side of the Light Chasers again um, <laughs> for my third time because um, it's such an excellent book. And it's the last part of this, which is, you know, there's a lot of um, intolerance um, that mm. I feel right now. A lot of people... Um, feel really um, personally offended by other people's actions and words and beliefs. And, um, and I, one of the things that um, the reasons that I love this work, her work um, and, and young uh, is because it's the, it's the idea that um, like um, it's the idea that we're all of it. We are the mm-hmm. good, the bad, the dark, the light. We're all of it. And it's something that's important to remember on a personal level, right? When we see something in someone else that we hate, it makes us angry and makes us disgusted and gives us, and we have a severe reaction to it. Um, or when somebody calls us a name and we have a severe reaction to it. Um, yeah. It means that we identify with something in that. It means there is a part of us, a disowned part of us that has that that we've split off a part of ourselves we have not owned we're not owning um that is very alive um and so it's just like we are the entire spectrum you know we are everything we are are everything everything. from from Mm -hmm. from murderers to um you know saints we and everything in between we are all of it. We are just as capable personally of being a monster as we are of being an angel. And so I think like it's an important thing to remember right now is that we 
that when we want to point fingers at someone else or we want to say, I'm not like that, a lot of times it means when we are, can point to something and say we are not that, it means more likely we are that. Um, and having yeah. compassion for others so that we can have compassion for ourselves and also vice versa, having compassion for ourselves and the things that we don't always love about ourselves um, so that we can have compassion for others. Um, and this is just like one of those times it's a really good practice period. Like it's it actually is. like the classroom we are in session and like this is where <laughs> like it really, really, really is time to apply the stuff that we've learned so that we want to point some a finger at somebody and say, I'm not that or they are the worst or um, they are the reason that, you know, X, Y, Z. It's actually the moment to start to go, okay, like, why am I so appalled by that behavior? Like, what is underlying that? Like, is it it possible that there's something in me um, that recognizes that within them? Um, And and that kind of stuff. Because it just means it's it's like, again, it's just, it's like, um, you know, it's just, more opportunity yeah. to learn. I always find it. I, I don't. It's a new. It's a relatively new practice, but it is really powerful. I always do just what you said. If I'm having a really strong reaction and I try to name what it is it's, that I'm reacting to, and purposefully find times when I have done that, when I have done that thing that has that is bothering me. Yeah. Um, myself and I it almost instantly takes away the sting of whatever it is because you know it's it's a very humbling practice for sure <laughs> but it's there's never a case I have yet to uncover a case where I cannot see that I've been that way even yeah. if they're the really hard words I've been ugly I've been selfish I've been dishonest I've been jealous you name it yeah jealous um resentful I mean Think of the worst words, write them down and really go through the effort of finding ways that you have been that way, not to hurt yourself, but to get real with yourself. It it puts new eyes on your on you for sure. Yeah, and then the other part of it, this too is that there's people stepping up in this time as well that we admire greatly. Um, mm-hmm. And this is also the opposite of that is when you have a strong reaction to the good someone is doing or to the, you know, to the wow or to the I want that or I admire that or that also is a clue that you have that within you, right? Yes. So it's also when you see these acts or these things that really call to your soul um, or you're, you know, like, for instance, you see somebody like say something and you're like, yes, like, thank you for saying that. And like, thank you for having mm-hmm. the courage to say that. That means that you have that within you. The thing inside mm-hmm. of you recognizes that thing inside of them. And it does because you have it in you. Um, so it also is, there's a good side to it too. Absolutely. Um, whoa. Heavy I know. Shit. I think. I think my last one is just, it's pretty um, brief. It's just keeping, um, keeping going to my teachers um, and listening to what they have to say. You know, I listened to Rob Bell did an amazing podcast with Pete Rollins uh, after the uh, election. It it was called the wisdom. He did this whole series on the wisdom, wisdom traditions. And this is the last one. Um, and 
it was so great in just keeping perspective on what is happening collectively as, you know, from a psychological and spiritual perspective when we go through something like this. Uh, I found that super helpful. Um, Tara Brock has also been really helpful. Um, Susan Piver has been incredibly helpful. She has a great Facebook page. Um, listening, going back to my teachers, the ones that we just listened to or listed uh, in our you know recent episode, listening to a lot of Pema. Um, going back to that to get perspective that you know it's also like we are it's okay like it's not okay, um, but but this is not the first time this has happened, and it is oftentimes what progress looks like, and um, we don't we can we can be however we need to be right now um but i think it's important to like also laugh <laughs> i mean yeah i know laugh, like laugh like do stupid shit and laugh um if you're still breathing and you're still here and you still you know you have a warm house and some food and um your kids are okay and you're you know you're healthy like it's we're okay you know we get to live to see another day and there's a lot of collective pain but we can still we can still um laugh and i mean we did a lot of stupid shit when you were here we were just kind of screwed around too we laughed a lot you know and that that is good medicine that is good medicine yeah i agree i think that's i think that's it for me that's it for me too um do we want to talk about Thanksgiving? Um Oy. I I just I I would only add, you know, all of this is sort of relevant. I mean, the thing that I said to my students yesterday when I taught, I taught a class that was specifically um a grounding before the holidays class and I taught about um to really mind your body. Um, as an animal in this time, because your body has your body has record of every Thanksgiving, every holiday season you've ever had, good, bad, joyful, painful, um, full of happiness, full of grief. And it's a charged time. And to really respect your body um, meaning, uh, take care of it. You know, like take care of it what like you would um, an animal <laughs> that you love. Uh, listen to it, feed it, move it, um, breathe it, be very intentional about what you're doing with it and um, the energy of it. Uh, and and notice, you know, be a really like a witness as you are around your parents or your family or your friends or whatever how your body feels um and also i think for those you know specific to sobriety i am of the mind that if you are new into sobriety and you're going into thanksgiving you're going into the holiday season there are literally no rules for what is for what you are allowed to do to stay sober if you do not go to thanksgiving dinner that is fine and like more than fine. If you decide you're going to go and you're going to stay for an hour, do it. Um, I am of the like, 
there's no apologies for this time of year um, to stay sane and to stay safe. Um, and if you need permission to do X, you can email me and I'll give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I It's like um, there are, we get so wired and tired um, around this time of year because of the expectations that of all the things that we have to do. If you host Thanksgiving, you don't have to host Thanksgiving this year. That's right. Like you, you don't. don't. You can go yeah. have fucking Chinese food. That's right. And everyone will be fine. Everyone will be fine. People will live and they won't even remember it in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But you will remember or it when <laughs> you stay sober <laughs> and you are not waking up on you know Friday morning of Thanksgiving week sad and depleted and starting over you know it is it can be a really beautiful time uh, a really important time to stay sober that's all I've got what do you have do you have anything you want to add I just want to second what you say I love your piece called the pregnancy principle I think it's wonderful um I have a survival guide so if you google Laura McCowan pregnancy principle you'll find that piece um I have something that's just called like how to survive Thanksgiving sober so if you google Thanksgiving sober hip sobriety you'll find that um and we also did a podcast last holiday season to talk about this stuff but I mean it's just like exactly what you said which is like this is your time. We so we spend so much of our like there is so much energy that goes into the whole family holiday and the holiday bullshit. Um, and it's like when you actually when I look back on it, it's actually like the small like like standing up for myself, creating the boundaries that I needed, doing the things that I needed to do for myself and my sanity and my health. Um they are, they are, they're not, they, they feel tragically huge at the time. Like what, like, you know, not drinking or, you know, um, uh, what you, what, how you talk about not drinking or surviving being around your family without drinking or dealing with really crazy fucked up dynamics that have been going on for years or all the pressure of, you know, um, either putting on a perfect Thanksgiving or, or, you know, we get into Christmas, buying the perfect presents, going to holiday parties, all this pressure we put on ourselves. Most of the time it's for other people, like 99.9% of the time, what we're really concerned about is other people. And so when it comes down to it, it matters that you choose yourself That's what matters is that you choose yourself first when you're in sobriety. You choose yourself and you do the thing that's going to support you and your health and your, you know, still precious budding roots um, in this new way of life. And you don't do anything that compromises that. You don't do anything that compromises that. I don't care what your sister-in-law is going to say. I don't care how much guilt your mom is going to lay on you or how much it might break her heart or, you know, like I don't give a fuck. How embarrassed you are that you are not drinking or, yeah. No, you do it for yourself. You stake a claim for yourself and you do that thing that's going to support you. That's mm-hmm. it. Because no one else is going to do this for you. That's the thing about recovery. Like you don't get, you know, a cheerleading team that's going with you to your recovery appointments, you know, and that's right. like, it, you don't, you don't get that. You do it for yourself. And so what that means is that you have to stand up for yourself and ask for what you need. Um, and you, even if, if it's ridiculous, even if, if it's ridiculous, it's ridi- especially yeah. if it's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> and if you, if anybody gives you shit about it, just cut this part of the podcast out and play it for your family. 
That's all you got to do. Sorry, guys. That's right. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about me. And if I don't stay sober, uh, everything else pretty much fucking falls apart. Yeah. Okay? That's the number one job, right? Take care of yourself. Take care of your That's sobriety. Right. So. Yeah, one job. One job. All, All right. right. Wait. I know. I'm going to go um, drink a bunch of water. Infinitely so You have been told these things before